0: Hey, it's JD here, and off the top of the show, I just want to make a quick announcement that Podlist is coming back. That's right, Podlist 5 to be exact. And what is a Podlist exactly? Well, it's a podcast playlist, it's a Podlist. Podlist 5 will launch July 8th, 2024, and this is your official call for submissions. I am looking for your pavement or pavement-adjacent songs recorded on a WAV file sent to me via JD at MeetingMalchemist.com, or we transfer, preferably, because the files will be big. MP3s are okay, but WAV files rule the day. I need these files from you by June 15th of 2024 in order to make the cut, so... Get your files to me on or before June 15th. Get your band together. Pick up an acoustic guitar and just play your balls off for whatever song you choose. It's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of fun and maybe we'll do something a little bit different this year with the pod list once it's done. When you send me the file, please send me your band name or your handle As well as any pertinent information about the band that I need to know to introduce your song. That's what I've got for you. This is your official call for submissions. Again, WAVE files on or before June 15th to make Pod List number five a reality. Previously on the Pavement Top 50. So this is song number 45 on the countdown, and it is our first track from terror twilight on the list so far it is you are a light what do you think of this track matt personally and hey you know not trying to be controversial i like it i think it's great oh that's not controversial i guess you're right i guess everybody wrote in Hey, this is Westy from the rock and roll band, Pavement, and you're listening to The Countdown. Hey, it's J.D. here, back for another episode of our Top 50 Countdown for the seminal indie rock band, Pavement. Week over week, we're going to count down the 50 essential pavement tracks that you selected with your very own Top 20 ballots. I tabulated the results using advanced mathematics, and an abacus I found somewhere in a junk pile. And all that's left for us is to reveal this week's track. How will your favorite song fare in the ranking? Well, you'll need to tune in, or whatever the podcast equivalent of tuning in is, every week to find out. So there's that. This week, we're joined by Pavement Superfan, Scott. Scott, how are you doing, motherfucker?
1: I'm decent, you handsome bastard. How you doing? Jay?
0: <laughs> I'm great. Thanks for asking. Where are we talking to you from?
1: Um, Where are you? I'm living in Aberdeen, Scotland, at the moment. So we've recently had a good flurry of snow, good few inches. So it's been pretty. Use a Scottish term for the weather. It's been pretty Baltic here.
0: Pretty Baltic. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Not you don't normally get snow, or
1: we do, or but just uh, a little bit. Usually, when we do, it snows. It properly snows. Yeah. No, no, this slight little flurry tickling you. No, we we, <laughs> get, we get battered with it. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a pretty. It's been the coldest it's been for a while though. Saying that, uh, we're pretty much in the minus all week. So it's yeah, not been ideal, not been great for driving, but it will go. It's it's going away into the weekends.
0: So yeah, goodbye. Yeah, that's right. We're getting closer to. Closer to spring, so. Yeah. Thank thank fuck. I just hate these nights, uh, these uh, dark nights, you know?
1: I never used to, it used to never bother me. I used to f- feel I was a little bit of a creature of the night and I enjoyed the darkness and all of that, but now I'm a little bit older, I'm like, no, give me some sunshine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let me sit outside. Yeah, yeah, let me see more of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into this. Okay. I would love, I would love to hear your pavement origin story. So take me away on a journey.
1: Well, I'd say it's kind of in two parts. So okay. first time I heard Pavement, um, I was a big music fan growing up in my youth. Um, when I got the age of kind of been able to buy my own music, that's when Britpop hit the UK. So Oasis, Blur, Pulp, these were all my bands that were my thing into them. And it wasn't until 97 when Blur came out with our, in my opinion, their best album, Blur, which had song two, Beetlebum, et cetera. Yeah. And a yeah. Kind of heavier sound, in which, uh, would I mean, regarded to some of us as like a more American sound, whatever that equates to. But it was <laughs> just, it was a bit more alternative. It was not as kind of shiny pop as they can been doing the cheeky chappiness or blurred kind of, they kind of ditched that, we wanted to go something a bit more harder, a bit more kind of probably truer to what they were listening to. And, I think it was the guitarist, Graham Cox, and he made the comment that he, he took all Damon Alburn's uh, Kicks records and burned them and just left them with Pavement. <laughs> and that's, that's where I first heard them, and I'm like, who's Pavement? And oh, in, those wow. days, in those days, there was no streaming music, so it was, and the internet was, I don't I had the internet at my home in 97, so you couldn't really find out who Pavement were unless you read about them in NME or something like that. None of my friends knew who they were, so it didn't really matter. Right. Just knew they were an American band. And then um, my first, e- from hearing the name, my first experience of actually hearing them was there been uh, Stereo on MTV2. Oh, really? Yeah. That was my first experience of seeing them. And yeah, blown away. Stereo. Amazing. Still amazing song. Uh, yeah. And then from that, Shady Lane. Uh, sadly, I never bought the album. Right in the corners at the time. It kind of passed me by. And again, things like that are harder to find. You wouldn't go pavement as much in your local record shops in town so it wasn't until Terror Twilight would have been the first pavement album I bought in 99 on CD uh, that age I would have been possibly just too young to go and see them live on my own and again my, all of my friends didn't know who they were weren't particularly too interested so I probably never harboured any ideas of going to see them live and then obviously that was the final tour and uh, that was me thinking about them possibly never get to see them. Come years later I missed out on the re- the first union tour where they played the Barrelans in Scotland. So I oh, missed shit. that. And then uh they were doing the they'd played the Barrelans. They were ready to play it on it would have been COVID, so it must have been twenty twenty, I believe, or twenty twenty one. They were to, they were doing a tour. Um it cancelled they were going to play the Barrelans. Again, I'd missed out on a ticket, but um through having a vaster network of friends and social media groups. It's easy to chase down tickets. So they probably come together. And I tried to get one and found one for somebody who was selling a ticket. Which then led me to Primavera. Ah. 2022. So that's me right. And my friend, me and my friend Jamie had uh we booked a Scottish festival called Dinner Rabbit Hole. Uh it got cancelled. COVID. So you got you got a choice of your money back or you could uh, like secure your ticket for the festival next year. And I'm always one for, I'm not really interested in going to a festival for the festival. I want to know who plays first. Me too. So I'm like, I'm not taking the gamble. I'm, there might only be a few bands I want to see it in the rescheduled year. So we thought, take the money back and we'll maybe look at doing another British festival somewhere. Then we get speaking to our friends, Donald and Lorna, and they were talking about going to Primavera 22, and we decided, yeah, let's do that, and we had to look, we were like, Pavement, Reunited, this is our first gig, and I'm like, this is it, Jimmy. when do you go? That's where we're going to go wow, to Primavera. Just for Pavement, and we've seen the list of their bands there, and we're like, this is great. So, first night, uh, Primavera, they were on the main stage, and I was, I heard the previous post, uh, podcast, you were there as well, so you just saw the yes. first time I'd seen to the part, two. I went to porto i didn't yeah, go to okay. barcelona you yes. went to
0: barcelona i went to
1: barcelona okay right right i'd imagine they the same thing where the main stage is like two stages side by side uh
0: so one band man.
1: will play on one band will play on one side, and then once they finish the crew has been getting yeah. the, the rig up for the other band in the next stage so it's like seamless there's no all oh, this taking the gear off and waiting to get new gear on for the band to come on it's just like one band finishes maybe 20 minutes you're in the next band
0: yeah, I guess that is how it was. Yeah, I'm I'm vaguely remembering now. I was really high, <laughs> so I don't have a great deal of memories other than listening to the playbacks. But I remember just being blown away by Beck, and and then and then Pavement came on, and it was like, wow, this is fucking mm-hmm. tremendous.
1: Well, that was yeah. I mean, I, I love the I loved Primavera as a festival, the set, the the site, the layout, everything about it. it was just it was one like, if someone had. Catered to you, your dream festival, Everything about it was just perfect. But uh, it, it probably wasn't until Pavement kicked in and the first song was Frontwards, which is possibly my favourite Pavement song. Um,
0: it's a really good song. Yeah,
1: it just kicked in with that. And you're like, yeah, this is it. This is everyone just seemed everyone aligned. You're you're just in the right space of mind for it. You had the right buzz going. And you're like, yeah, this is perfect. And the set was so was phenomenal. So after that, um, traveling back from Primavera we're going from uh, a flight from Barcelona to uh, someplace else. And then from someplace else, we're flying back to the UK. But uh, on the Barcelona, going through security on the Barcelona flight, you're all masked up because it's uh, just after COVID as well. So in public places, you've got to wear your mask. So as we're walking through the airport, I just kind of look over and I see this kind of big curly hair with a kind of beard under the mask. And I'm like, that's Westy. <laughs> and in front of him Hard I see there, there's Bob and I'm they're in front of me uh, considerably in front of me and I'm like right if we get through security enough time we can maybe meet them and maybe get a photo taken I say to my friends Jimmy pointing them out and I'm like yeah we're we'll, we'll going to meet these guys if we get through there once we get through security couldn't see them and they're like, oh, this shit, missed opportunity uh, and we're coming down the escalator this is as we're coming down the escalator we just see this amazing figure just slowly straddling through the the courtyard of the shops, carrying his case, and I'm like, that's Stephen Malvinus. And just as we come down the escalator, he just kind of almost stops right in front of us. And we're like, there he is, and I just point to him, and he points back at me. <laughs> he did <laughs> not. And yeah, and we just went over and spoke to him, and uh, speaking about the gig and things like that, and he was uh, asking about Primavera. Uh, he seemed like he was telling us he was pretty tired, kind of thing. He had been partying the night before, because he'd stayed to watch uh, gorillas. Oh, okay. On the main stage. Um, so he enjoyed that. Uh, he was telling me, uh, okay, never seen them before. Uh, just a wee chat behind and We told him, well, they were later in the year they were going to be coming to Glasgow as part of their tour with the Barrowlands. So we'd already got tickets. So we told him we'd see them there. And he's like, okay, you crazy guys from Scotland, catch you later. <laughs> yeah. Got a photo with him. He'd done the strong arm pose in it. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah.
0: He nice. is such he's such a presence, isn't he?
1: Yeah. I so said it was just, it seemed just kind of fitting for what was a, a magical holiday, a magical festival, just that we're about, you get the kind of, the blues are, like, it's all over, you get home, and just that last minute, you get, here it is, the man you want to meet. Yeah. Just come straight Fuck. up. Yeah. Just, I don't believe in coincidence or fate or anything like that, but just it kind of, it had it had to end that way. We had to meet yeah. him. So, yeah. So, following that, uh, saw him at barrellands gig.
0: So I met. Uh, I was at the barrellands, You were you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. So we might have bumped into each other had we known.
1: Probably. We, we very well likely did, but we just never, never knew each other. Yeah, it's a magical it's a great place. Gig. Do you enjoy the barrellands?
0: Oh man, radio, so cool. Yeah. The the uh, the sign, like the neon sign, mm-hmm. is so cool. The venue itself is great. And that set that they played that night was, was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just kicked in. First song was uh, Thin. That was excellent. Just like, since the drums start, I'm like, oh, we played, played it. And yeah, excellent. They played the Hex as well, which I was looking forward to. And are one of my favorites.
0: And they yeah. jammed the fuck out of it, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, they were great. Yeah. And then after that, to top off the year, I would just. Um, my friend Jamie again who went to my world of and gigs he also saw him in Edinburgh the night after uh, yeah <laughs> you get around <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: I'd never but, been to the UK before I'd never been no. so I wanted to go and I followed them around
1: yeah yeah what better, what better reason eh right yeah you, ever get, and you got a, a lot of nice venues to go and visit as well yeah. Hall's really nice place yeah uh, yeah, was, different my friend my, my friend jamie he said he actually preferred out the two sets uh and the sound he said he preferred the edinburgh gig out the two really yeah he just said i like
0: i like the barrel better
1: mm. yeah i can't comment i wasn't there sadly i had to work the, <laughs> the,
0: the edinburgh gig was like they opened with what did they open with they opened with something low-key and if i remember correctly. And it sort of set the tone. It was just a less excited show. Like it was, it was more,
1: I don't know, low key. Uh, I think it's, I don't mean to just be disparaging to them, but I find when you at gigs in Glasgow and Edinburgh, the kind of vibe and the atmosphere can be quite different. Glasgow seems always Kind of party like, and everyone, everyone seems ready jet- to party. Yeah. And Edinburgh can be a bit more kind of laid back, a bit of a kind of cooler.
0: Yeah. Shoe gaze and I
1: suppose you could say, but
0: yeah,
1: it's it's his own thing. But yeah, it's Taylor Two Cities, isn't it? Yeah. Just yeah. different places. Yeah.
0: So what is your what is your go to record then? You came in at Bright in the Corners. Um, and I guess you were there when Terror Twilight was released, but what is the record that you find yourself going back to more often than not?
1: For me, it's uh Wooy I would say is my one. I just loved it. Yeah. It's it's got everything. It's the cover. It really every does every single it thing. It really does. Do. Yeah. It's like people compared to like, the, the Beatles Sway album, and you can understand why it's just it's just a mix of things with so many different styles. Um <clears throat> everything everything's really different but it all just it does flow very nicely there's, n- there's never a moment where yeah something comes in and it jars but it's like no that's that's wrong it's too much it's too loud it's too slow it's too sad or whatever everything's just perfect and the way it leads you in we, we dance such so yeah. a, a great track yeah. it kind of almost just kind of welcomes you in just with that little subtle beat it's called the pavement tricks but it just kind of it kind of lures you in it's going to be like come on it's going to be a little bit different this time <laughs> yeah it's get the, involved you know, the, Yeah, because the first albums, I mean, they're pretty big songs starting, slanted and, and, um,
0: Trigger Cut, Summer Babe.
1: Yeah. So it's a kind of, it's very different, but I mean, yeah, I love that. I I love Wowie Zowie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, the song that we're going to cover today, I'll give it away a little bit, is not from Wowie Zowie. Uh, We'll get to that song in just a minute. If you want to stick around and talk about the song with us, Scott. I show. Alright, so we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with Scott in just a moment.
2: Hey, this is Bob Mostanovich from Pavement. Uh, thanks for listening, and now on with a countdown. <coughs> Forty four oh, intuition on your dock we're fishing. Come on now. effort and a B for delivery, C for devotion when the world starts encroaching. men and-
0: Okay. So the number 44 track, you've just heard it. It's Embassy Row, the second song from Bright in the Corners after Blue Hawaiian at number 50 on the countdown. This is the seventh track from Bright in the Corners, the actual record. Scott, what do you think of Embassy Row at number 44?
1: Embassy Row, I do love. It's, uh, I like, things I like about it is it's, it kind of lulls you in with this, I feel Malcus kind of does quite a lot with his, his lyrics and his melodies are, they're kind of like nursery rhymes, the way they kind of, they flow and the structure I of the set is quite kind of nice and general. And it's, it kind of comes in quite breezy. Yes. And then you get the kind of beach boys kind of backing vocals with the ba, 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 ba. And it's just they're kind of beautiful. Yeah, and then it's, they're so beautiful. Yeah. And then it just yes. changes and it gets heavier. And it's probably it's it's probably the kind of heavy this uh, track on side too as well, I believe. Embassy role. But it, yeah, it kicks in. It kicks in pretty hard. It's got a great solo bimocomus as well. It does. Kind of like kind of <laughs> lightning in a bottle kind of style where it's just crashing about. It's great. That um, riff,
0: that main riff is really yeah. good too, right? Mm-hmm.
1: And it's one of those kind of things that, I mean, you don't know, did the intro, was the intro always there? Was the intro another track that never got finished and they just flung them together? Because it never appears again, that intro part. I say it's done. The rest of it is just... Well,
0: other than the ba-ba-ba-ba's are sort of there in the chorus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're deeper in the mix. They're muddier in the mix, mm-hmm. but they're there. But that's the only connective tissue. Yeah. Other than that, there's nothing that, like you say, nothing that really connects them. They're very separate. So it very well could be a separate song that they just added those ba-ba-ba's on, on the chorus, and who the knows? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah. Uh- and he's, uh, I was reading something as well. Apparently Martin was saying saying it's one of his least favorite, uh, his least favorite song on the album. It is? It is. Yeah. Where did you get that from? Well, it was, it was uh, some website, uh, was, I was looking for the lyrics and it was something called Song Meanings. I oh, okay. Yeah. Someone's put it, I mean, I don't know if it was an interview or something or what, well, but there's, right. there's no, there's no, there's no quote directly just someone had written, Malcolm said, this is his least favorite song on the album. So who knows? It may, it may just be this person's favorite song. And he's wanting, wanting a bit of backing from Stephen. Tell them. Yeah.
0: I love this record. Like from top to bottom, I would have a tough time saying this yeah. is my least favorite. It's not my favorite song on the record, but it's no. certainly not my least favorite.
1: No. I mean, I'll it's, it's a solid album from all 12 tracks. Uh, it's, it's a close contender for my favorite along with those, oh, yeah? those, two, those two are the albums that I kinda, I'd say they're pretty much on par I just I, I prefer the diversity of Woobie Zoe you get a lot more diverse, right in corners well, is, sure. it's got a nice, right corners I feel has got a really good kind of cohesive sound to it everything sounds as if it all is all part of the one album it sounds obviously it was all recorded in the one place but it sounds like it was recorded just in this one place it's, the album has a sound and feel to every song yeah.
0: Yeah, and as opposed to Terra Twilight, which is which is you know produced in a more meticulous way, but a similar kind of way. Like this is a more lush production for sure, but this record still feels very pavementy. Like whereas Terra Twilight feels like a beta test for for Steven uh solo career. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean he was he was by that point. Um, you've you've kind of you've read the articles and the interviews that kind of come out in the years later, and you. You found out that he's like, trying to push the band places in *Terror Twilight that they were uncomfortable with. Right. They weren't feeling they were kind of capable of maybe performing. That's how, um, I'm pretty sure Tear of Twilight was a different drummer on a couple of tracks, I believe.
0: Yeah, I don't know who yeah. it was who did it, but I know that Westy found out that mm. there were some drum tracks that got done by yeah. someone else, and I forget I forget who it was. I'll have to look at the liner notes. But that's me, uncool and under uh, underqualified. So the very end underprepared i should add to the to the uh, statement as
1: well mm. but I mean, um and that, that album "Bring the corners he's i i'd say note for note that's pavement had their probably best as a band everything everything with them clicks to getting the, the strongest performances out of, all of them i feel and i and i've obviously that was mark miss was kind of again pushing them into this you hear on the some of the kind of takes and improvisation that's going on in the songs and he's He's like, he doesn't have lyrics for certain bits and he's like singing to the guys like this bit's going to go like this now and then he's shouting the changes at them. and you see him working with them in these kind of rehearsals or demos and whatever. And it's just, he's kind of, it's, it's not like Marky e. Smith shouting orders at the band or something like that, but he's just, he's leading them on. He's like, you can see he's inspired with performances as well. It's pushing him on to take the tracks places that maybe he didn't see them going. Yeah. There's a, bit, I- there's a good bit of creativity going on with him there, but it, it sounds... None of it sounds like people are quite a kind of improvisational band at times. But you get that in the live performances where there'll be some songs you'll see it one night and it'll be quite standard. Other nights, something just takes takes a performance somewhere else, and Martin Whistle push it a bit further and extend certain parts. But what, in the Corners, they've probably not rehearsed the ass out of it, but they've, they've put in the performances, they know exactly where the songs go. Where they start, with the finish, and it's it's just like, it's it's a piece of, it's album perfection, definitely. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Mm. yeah yeah.
0: Anything like, else about Embassy Row?
1: Embassy Row. I was going through the set lists as well for all the gigs. Uh, oh, okay. That, uh, so turns out uh, uh Barcelona primavera they played Embassy Row there. Yeah, can't see it. I can't see man I, I, I said I can't. Re- let yourself? Easy, easy, <laughs> easy recollections of it. but Yeah, they played that played that ninth on the set, and it seemed to a lot of the sets that I looked through, even the ones I wasn't at, they would be playing Embassy Row. It always seemed to appear in that kind of the kind of the middle to kind of of the sets all the time. I also played at the Barrowlands. Yeah, again, and um, I done three nights at the Roundhouse, and uh, on the final night of the Roundhouse, they played. Uh, and Mr. there as well. Yeah, uh, right, right. So you right. were, at,
0: you were at three shows at the Roundhouse.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we, which three? Me, me, which three me, did you go to? Me and my friend Jamie were, we, went down, we booked a few days down and just to go to one of the gigs. We wanted to go to the one where uh, Beak were playing, okay. so I booked that one. And then I was just kind of looking about on um ticket sites, and I saw some tickets come up for this third night, which was one of our our favourite uh, bands recently Los Bichos were uh, the support for night two no, night, sorry night three Okay, so I went to that and then I just thought well, we're going to be down for the fourth day as well may as well just try and get tickets. so we did we'll go for it that's so, yeah. brilliant but yeah uh, I was all, all nights all nights were great and we had great time in London um, but the performances was something the the night when it was Los Bichos the supporting band just everything again just one of those nights were they were great on the, like, it was our first time in the rent house, so it's kind of, you're getting in there, try to find your spot, try to gauge was the best place to stand in the room for the acoustics. Uh, and it was, first night was brilliant, but the uh, second night, which was the last bit choice night, was just everyone bit of the sound. Um, it was just, it was perfect. Oh, started, yeah. I think they started to be grounded and then went into uh, gold sounds. Yeah. Brilliant. that's a that's a hell of a one-two punch yeah and uh, i can't expect it grounded's not something you're thinking we're going to start to set with but there they go just walked on stage straight to excellent yeah uh yeah they were, they were great great all three that of those fun. nights yeah some great. yeah yeah that I Your first time at the right house as well
0: that was my first time at the roundhouse. that was my first time in the uk so like period yeah so uh for me i think You know, just going back to Embassy Row for a minute, I I think lyrically it's an interesting song. I I think that it's very cohesive, whereas SM songs aren't necessarily always cohesive. Uh, This song has this political sort of thing going all the way through the song, like from beginning to end. Um, Even in, you know, like uh, old intuition on your dock we're fishing, somebody give us a grade. And uh, you know you get those grades being doled out, and then where is the savoir? And I almost feel like he's he's making a play on savior.
1: Yeah, it's definitely yeah.
0: Right. Where is the savoir? But then he gets then he finishes the sentence and says savoir faire, which is like social graces, right? Like which is the ability to. It's um, God, The the ability to. Speak appropriately in uh it's a know- it's
1: kind a of knowledge of knowing what to do in every situation
0: that's right yeah it's kind of, like,
1: kind of like effortlessly
0: mm-hmm. yeah, which I which don't is- know that s m excels in that even though he's very he's much better than he used to be, i think
1: mm-hmm.
0: he is a little awkward sometimes, you know across
1: yeah, I think it could come across that way, and then an in interview is when you've put um You've seen videos of interviews with him and he kind of he doesn't look too comfortable in them and speaking that's to right. people, but but i think he's he's one of those i mean you, you probably find him in a party sitting in the corner of the room
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i bet if you went if you went and spoken to him he'd always have something good to say he'd always be something interesting about him so he's he's got a bit of it's just he's not he's not walking around with like james bond with it but he's got no
0: that's true he's yeah. got it.
1: he's got his own brand of it
0: he definitely does like i said earlier an aura right?
1: Mm. But yeah, I mean, the lyrics are, as you said, they're, kind of, they're a bit more cohesive because I, I like how some of his lyrics is certain lines will lead you to somewhere and then it will just take a completely strange turn on the yes. world play or whoever he's talking totally. about. And you're yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's almost like drifting in and out of dreams. It's yeah. One moment you could be, you're on a boat and the next minute you're paragliding somewhere. It just, <laughs> and then you could be on the moon. It just keeps, it just, yeah, he's just always jumping around. Wait, it's, it's almost like it's a hyperactive mind where you just get too much to say at once, and he starts telling you one story and he's like, "No, no, but now I need to get to here. No I need to get to here." But this one, it does kind of stick. Well, some kind of it's not. I, you could say political. It's probably a bit as political as pavement got. But oh
0: I don't yeah, know. oh yeah. I don't think it's political in the sense that it's got no. a message. No, but it's political in that it's describing, you know, heads of state and yeah.
1: You know, that sort of shit. Exactly. And then that world of foreign feeds. Yeah.
0: What do you think of the ending? To me, the ending of this song just fucking slays like that those backup vocals and, and him saying, I'm gonna take the crown. And he almost goes into like Kurt Cobain territory with his voice, like it's yeah, so you know? scratchy and so gnarly. And then and it, then it ends with that scream. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's good. It kind of takes you back to the, the some of the earlier stuff from the, the early singles and the stuff on Slant Enchanted, where it was, it was kind of more in that kind of. You could liken it to like what Nirvana and Sonny Youth for doing. Yeah. Had that yeah. kind of sound, and as I said, it's, it probably is the I think it's the heaviest track on Bright in the Corners, definitely.
0: I definitely think
1: so. Yeah. It's probably a kind of punkiest moment on it as well. Yeah. Does, oh, the song. Once you get past the, the nice intro, it does, it picks up pace and then it keeps kind of accelerating. And as you said, it gets a, the frantic ending.
0: Like not many songs from Bright in the Corners would work on Wowie Zowie, but I feel like this song could work on Wowie Zowie.
1: Like it yeah, would have fit. Definitely. Yeah. It's got, it's got that kind of energy, like a serpentine pad. Yeah. It's a best friend's arm as well. Yeah. It's got, yeah. That, it's got that energy. Toads. But yeah, plus, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry, no. I was just, I was saying, I was trying to look for some good footage uh, on online, but there's not a lot. Of kind of live performances off it available? Sadly, I wonder why that is. Yeah, there's a few. I mean, you got a few like, um, shopping fans in the crowd and things like that, but there's not a lot of actual footage, like isolated here's embassy Row from Conan O'Brien show or something like that. There's, there's really right, right. Nothing, nothing exists off it really. Not from just fine fine stuff, but yeah. Well, dude,
0: it's been great talking pavement with you this afternoon. Thanks, man. You too. And I really appreciate your time. Is there any place that you want to to tout or plug or uh, where people can find you? Anything like
1: that? No, modest man, me. I don't have have any wheels to sail or anything like that. No. (laughs) Thank you anyway. Yeah. no. I mean hopefully I'm just uh, we'll meet each other again at pavement gigs in the future. Or Markman's well, we'll gigs or something. We'll look out uh, for each other for sure. And time. all of us, yeah. All of us. I mean, that's a it's kinda it's kinda it's it's gonna be kinda nice. I mean people who speak to and finding a community of people um that love pavement as much as I do because kinda growing up in all through my late uh late teens to into my twenties. Um, because they'd went away. There were not really a lot of people I knew who liked them or listened to them or spoke to them. So it was it was almost like my kind of little private thing because when the expanded edition CDs came out, I got them. And I was oh, just yeah. like, like living with them for months uh, at a time. They were just just like getting... Because I, I, when I hear something about a band uh, that I've just discovered, I've got that kind of energy and just desire to just like, I need, I want to learn it all. I know all about them. All, I know, all the tracks and the, the expanded editions were just great for just like not only you get the album not only in the singles and the b-sides here's the peel sessions here's a live gig thrown in it was everything so, you could avoid for, for those kind of sets
0: oh they built them so good. the only thing i want now is i want them in vinyl yeah same yeah because i've got terry yeah. twilight and i've got the other four on cd but i want the other four on vinyl and i know you can get bright in the corners you can get the Nicene Creators Edition on Discogs, uh, wow. on vinyl, but they didn't make Wowie or Slanted or Tear, uh, Crooked Rain.
1: No, they've and, done something with the box sets. There was something with the singles um, from the Slanted the Enchanted disc.
0: Yeah, they did that secret, secret life that was or, it. Secret yeah, world. So of I, I was thinking, I,
1: think. I going to do a. I was hoping, well, hoping they we were going to do a series of them. That would seem like the, it. So, all the stuff that you got in the expanded editions, but it never seemed to take any fruition. Sadly, yeah, no. I don't like that. Yeah. But good memories, anyway. It was, a, it was a great 2022, the year of pavement.
0: Good year. The year
1: good of year pavement. Good year
0: pavement, for sure. Yeah. Fair it All right, brother.
1: Okay, man. Thank you for your time. It was great Talk to be part of it. Talk to you real it. soon. And we'll be excited to see what number one is in this list.
0: That's right. Ha ha ha. Wash your goddamn hands. Thanks for listening to Meeting Malcolmists, a pavement podcast, where we count down the top 50 pavement tracks, as selected by you. If you've got questions or concerns, please shoot me an email, jd at meetingmalchemists.com.
1: Podcasts and such.